Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia Eck, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Wednesday, July 19, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 70. It's the third paragraph. It starts with, if we have been thorough, we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending at the end of the chapter where it says, big chunks of truth about yourself. And we'll be commenting about it. Today's readers are Jody EQ, Rocky I, Penny LC, Sherry KB, and Jackie B. The reference numbers for Thursday, July 18th at 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Time meeting is 10175. 10175. Um, the, the, uh, I'm going to have to check that. I'll, I'll get back there. Wednesday, July 19th, 7 a.m. meeting. No, that's correct. Wednesday, July 19th, 7 a.m. meeting. The code is 10177, 10177. And our newcomer greeter today will be Melanie C. at the end of the recording. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jody E.Q. to read the 12 steps. Jody? Yes, good morning. Thank you, everyone. This is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovered in California, actually in Arizona. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I passed. Thank you, Jody EQ. I will now ask Rocky I to read the 12 traditions. Rocky. Good morning. This is Rocky. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. So Rocky recovered in Arizona. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on up, upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are, are but trusted servants they do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, OA group, an OA group are never endorsed, financed, or lent the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige diverge from a primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such should never be organized, but we might create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name are never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relationship, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Rocky I. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means, means to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And please don't be using a speakerphone, we'll get an echo. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 70. It's the third paragraph and where it starts, if we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we're gonna read the last two paragraphs there and we will be sharing on both. And I will ask Penny LC to begin reading, Penny. Good morning, Sylvia. 
And good morning, everyone on the line. This is Penny L.C., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. If we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct, and we are willing to straighten out the past if we can. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. If you have already made a decision and an inventory of your grosser handicap, you have made a good beginning. That beginning, excuse me, that being, so you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. And I appreciate that they're giving a recap of, of what I've just done if I've been doing the work, the step work that we've just gone over. All the inventories. I went on that fact-finding and fact-facing mission and I was able to get down to those causes and conditions of why I had all those resentments and where my character defects were coming into play. You know, that was the greatest revelation to be able to get to, as we say, the fourth column, the right-hand side of the page, so to speak, to be able to see where I had been responsible, where my selfishness, my self-centeredness, my dishonesty and my fear had come into play in all of those situations. Each and every one of them, I had a part that I played. And it, and it allowed me to just drop all of that finger pointing that I had been doing for so many years. And that false uh, elevation of my pride, thinking I was better than. So they were sick people, yes. But I could see that now because I could acknowledge that I was sick and suffering as well. But that leveled the playing field, and that was a blessing. But then beyond that now, as, we, as we've gone over that review, we can also see that there's a promise given that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. All I had to do was be able to replace that fear with faith, and then I would have some solid ground to stand on. I'd be able to touch touch into my higher power's power and feel that God connection and know that that my higher power was there for me, and I could develop that relationship even further because I had let go of all of that that blocked me from my higher power. And what a blessing 
that's been in my life. To be able to just know that I am no better and no worse than anyone else, but yet my higher power loves me and accepts me where I am. And in that way, I can love and accept everyone else where they are. But now then, there's more work to do, and that's where it takes me from here. Moving on to being able to make uh, any amends that I need to make. But that's yet to come. For right now, I've done that. I've done the process of, of finding out about myself and how my high power wants me to be able to look honestly at myself and move forward. And and I'm just been so blessed by this process and, and to be able to take others through this process and just and to hear in their voices the revelation of oh my gosh, it's been me, hasn't it? And, and and for me to have that own awareness every time I do an inventory, uh, even an 11-step inventory, to see my own side of it and to realize how humbling that is. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny Elsie. So we just read <laughs> we just read the last two paragraphs on the last paragraph on 70, top of 71. Who would like to uh, share now on that Gen- passage? Ginger C. Paula Gina and R. Paula D. And Roz G. And was that Gina? Gina R. Yes. I thought I heard Gina. I could take two more. Courtney B. Courtney B. Carlisa C. And Carlisa C. Okay, we got our first run at this. Thank you so much for helping me hear your names. Ginger C. Paula D. Roz G. Gina R, Courtney B, and Carlisa, I think C, but you'll correct me. Ginger, Paula, Paula. Hi, good morning, everyone, and thank you so much, Sylvia, for your service. This is Ginger C, Recovered in Colorado. Oh, I can't get enough of this book. I swear I'm like, I hate to use the analogy, but I feel like a kid in a candy store. I just can't believe how this book solves my problems. It is my manual for living, and I am so grateful to my higher power that I finally stumbled upon it, and not only stumbled upon it, but really got into it. And, um, you know, that part, when sex is troublesome, and I say when life is troublesome, you know, we get these clear-cut directions, I throw myself the harder into others, and I think about how I can meet their needs. Because we know that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problems always. I'm always at the bottom of this, I, self, and me. And I just had an example the other day with this exact paragraph. You know, I had an urge to go shopping. It wasn't around sex, but it was an addiction nonetheless, and it was about edging God out. And it was a pretty strong urge, and I'm just so grateful how this higher power works because the phone rang, and because I know I'm into service today, I answer the phone when it rings. I don't know how God's working. And I picked up the line, I said so, and it was a fellow friend in this exact program having that same exact urge to go shopping, you know, and by doing this simple work, you know, just staying into action, it's unbelievable what happens. You know, who saved who on that phone call? I was in the exact same place, 
as she was, and we got to support each other. And guess what? We didn't have to go outside from God to find an answer to fill this God hole, this dis-ease, this uncomfortableness that we were both experiencing. We got to turn it around, get back to that power that we lack, and then do the next right thought and action. So unbelievable what can happen if you put the food down and you get into action, and then you have to stay in it. It's only a daily reprieve. So I'm just so grateful to be here with you again yet another day and to be of service. And now I get to go into my job here in about 10 minutes. And I get to be of maximum service there too, thinking less of me and more of my coworkers and the people that I work with. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, before we get going, I just want to reiterate we're on page 70, the third paragraph. If we've been thorough and we are going on to the ending at big chunks of truth about yourself. And we're commenting on both Paula D. followed by Roz G. Paula D. Star one, Paula. Okay, thank you again, Sylvia. <laughs> I got you. I hear you. <laughs> we, you know, I'm going to camp out here because, um, well, that's where I seem to have been led. We have begun. Every day there's a beginning. And there can be no beginning without an ending. And we know that. One day ends, another begins. We've begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill to all men, even our enemies. This comes after the line not before, uh, we comprehend their futility and fatality. We have commenced to see the terrible destructiveness. It was taking away every beginning, every day. I was in yesterday. How can you live in today then? That's what I was seeing. That's what I was seeing yet again, for we look on them as sick people. Look at what happened here. You want to talk about a world opening up? My world opened up. And it let others in. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct. And we're willing to straighten out the path if we can. I love that. If we can. Lord knows I'll do the best. And today, and I, I do the best. i got to tell you, I was pretty darn haphazard. I had more excuses, justifications, why, oh, no, not that. And then it get, went to the last line. And I'm going to switch right to this paragraph. In this book, and look at here. Imagine what it said. You read again and again. Again and again. It happens. This is what part of living life is. That faith did. That faith did. It was always what faith did. But I brought my part. Small as it was, I brought my part. For us, what we could not do for ourselves. You know, it says here, we hope you are convinced now. I can't convince you, nor can anyone else. But when you read this book, you say, there's another place. And if you haven't been there, this is when the desire, the willingness, I want to be there. God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. Oh, and you know what that self-will usually is, don't you? And the ego. I can do it by myself. I don't need to ask for help. <laughs> if you've already made a decision. And you know I'm reading these words because I just love them an inventory of your grosser handicaps. You've made a good beginning. There it is again. And that's what it was every single day. I had made a good beginning. 
a good beginning. And here I am in a meeting, listening to my fellow travelers. Hmm, I would say that's a good beginning. Thanks for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. We're going to have Roz G and then Gina R. Roz? Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Okay, I'm in my car. Um, Good morning, everybody. My name is Roz G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County, and I get to go to work. To, I get to teach summer school. Yay. So um, I've been listening to all three meetings kind of hit half in and out of sleep. I'm wide awake for the uh, 7 o'clock Pacific time meeting. And from what I remember of the reading, it was the last part of, um, you know, swallowing big chunks about ourselves and, and learning how to have tolerance and patience and pity and loving, you know, all that stuff for some of the deep resentments that we had. So I want to share about a lifelong resentment and then about a big truth about me. My lifelong resentment is that I'm Creole, I'm mixed, I'm black, French, and Indian, but I have very light skin. And my parents brought me up in a very, um, like, 99% uh, Caucasian place. And uh, I have cousins that are dark-skinned. I have all kinds of colors in my family. And yet I I was called the N-word as a kid when they saw my family. They called me Brillo Cad Head. Uh, Caucasian kids called me that. And throughout my life, I've kind of been incognito because, people, you know, people don't know what I really am. So I get to see what people, who people really are when I'm in circles of Caucasian people, and they don't know what I am. And so this has happened to me throughout my life. And it happened to me again the other night in church. Somebody making fun of some, you know, English people, you know, who do, uh, Hispanic people who don't speak English and all this kind of stuff. And I just said, you know, I told him something. And I had to go talk to my sponsor about it. And I have to be reminded that people are spiritually sick in so many different areas. And I have a resentment against racist and prejudiced people. And and it still happens to me. And I have to ask God, this one one is deep. This one is something that just, just doesn't leave me, that I have to use that book and those prayers for every time I encounter it. And then the last one, the, the last top uh, little part of my share is that one of the grosser handicaps about me is being above the rule. I think that rules do not pertain to me, traffic rules, even rules in my home. I bought this, these uh, shoe, stat, this shoe stand to put in the garage because I didn't want people walking the house with them, their shoes on. And so I would require that everybody put their shoe on the rack, but I would leave my shoes on the ground, and it would be like, oh, they're mine. So I set a terrible example of putting the shoes on the rack or having my kids keep their room clean. My room is a mess. Or the the bathroom. My hair products are strewn throughout the counter. So I had to look at my own behavior. Am I just a mouthpiece or am I a living example? And I hear the buzzer, thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Raj G. Gina R. followed by Courtney B. Gina? Good morning, Sylvia. Thank you so much for your service. This is Gina R. <clears throat> from Colorado, uh, making her way to be a resident in Arizona, gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. 
Wow. Where I'm focused this morning is um, the last few sentences on 71. Um, We hope you are now, you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. If you have already made a decision and an inventory of your gross or handicaps, you have made a good beginning. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. I never noticed um, that the words swallowed and digested were together there um, the way I'm noticing them this morning. And I used my app to see how many times the words swallow and digest appear in the big book. And my quick look, at least in the first 164 pages, show that the word swallow appears three times and the word digest only appears once right here and because I believe that this book is divinely inspired and the number of times that things show up and how they're used is very um, strategic and specific this has a lot of meaning for me today and what it's telling me today and what I think higher power is showing me today is instead of eating over myself I am actually going to be eating the truth about myself, just like it says here. So when I submit to this process and I allow those grosser handicaps to come up off that inventory, the way that God is going to remove them is by me actually consuming them. I have to consume them. I have to start by letting them enter into my body, chewing them, processing them, letting whatever, however the digestive juices flow for God in doing this, that is what's happening this time. And what I always wanted, and I guess maybe I've had a belief, is that somehow God was just going to remove these, like just pluck them out of me. But that isn't what this is telling me this morning. I have to actually digest them myself, inside myself. That's the only way it's going to happen. So I'm so grateful for continued new revelations. More, re- more will be revealed, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose some more truth about myself today. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Gina R. Courtney B. Followed by Carlisa C. Courtney. Good morning. I'm Courtney B. Happy recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. can. Okay. So I what a fascinating week I've had. I love where it says we try to shape a sane and sound ideal for my future sex life. We ask God to mold our ideals and help us live up to them. And I was thinking I had such an interesting experience Monday at a regular OA meeting and afterwards people hug. Well I I shoulder to shoulder hug is fine with me with men. I don't know. But this one guy, he grabbed my waist and he pulled me into him and he would not let me go. That I felt angry and scared and threatened. I pulled away. He grabbed me and pulled me into him again. And I'm like, oh my God, when I finally got loose, I was really, really upset. Just thrown off balance and I came home, breathed, started doing inventory, what is the fear about? And I realized, because I have a right to personal boundaries. And sex for me 
is saying, you can come into my space. You can come into my space. It's not something I do with everybody. And what came up for me, you know, when it says, what was my part in it? Well, I realized as I wrote, oh, I was taught a lot of crap about personal boundaries. And the biggest one was I wasn't allowed any. That my sole purpose in life that I was taught by authority, my parents, church, was don't upset anyone. I could be upset, but I didn't matter. How I felt was diminished and I shamed. The inventory showed me what I had been taught. A lot of denial of self and that info. And I realized, oh, I had used my obesity about my body as a boundary to feel safe because I didn't believe I had a right to a voice or a vote regarding boundaries and personal stuff. And it was so cool because I was able to call people and ask them about their experiences around it. And I realized, wow, I really need to come up with some one-liners like that's enough or hold my hands out that I don't let everybody in my personal space. And that is the same and sound ideal for me and my, quote, future sex life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Courtney B. Carlisa C. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Carlisa C. from Washington, D.C., recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and being because of what we are reading today. Um, I, um, I really appreciate how what I've been hearing this morning really reflects my own experience. I believe that the, when, I do, when I do a wrong, um, this morning I was rude to someone and called them back, and, um, although I didn't want to call them back and made, and made my apology. Um, it, it's, it's easier, it feels to me, when I am wrong to, uh, to come to terms now with that fact. What is still hard and was the hardest thing for me to let go of, but, but is the reason I believe I don't weigh 365 pounds today, was what I was holding that had been done against me, um, where I had, quote, unquote, justified anger um, for some things. That's not my background noise, by the way. I don't know whose it is, but it is distracting. Thank you. Um, so the justified anger was what caused me to f- seek food as comfort and to use food as the great comforter for uh, 30 years of my life. And I just would rehash the stories of betrayal and violence and whatever over and over and over again. And in fact, those stories came into every room, into every situation um, that I had. Uh, and today, because of the work that is done in this book and in the 12 of 12, I can say, and, and with a lot of outside help, that I had been freed from and know a process now to deal with the situations which are most vexing with me, which are the justified anger ones. And uh, pages, uh, and I'm doing this just a reference to bring tie it all together, Pages 90 through 93 of the 12 and 12 gives me specific instructions, as does this, on how to deal with the situations which might most vex us, like justified anger. Thanks, God, thanks to God that 
I, we have this big book and this literature because I really do feel as if these, this instruction is to re-educate adults like me who do really didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue how to live in the, in the adult world without seeking power, prestige, um, power driving. And, and so thank, thank you for letting me share, and I thank you for your service again. Thank you, Carlisa C. I'm now going to open it up again for more shares. Remember, we're on the uh, last paragraph on page 70, if we've been thorough about our personal inventory, and we're going to read the last two paragraphs there. Who would like to share? Reggie Jody o. EQ. Sherry KB. Reggie O. Jody EQ. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. Marsha D. Marsha D. Terry H. Terry H. I could take one more. Anybody? Okay. I've got Reggie, O, Jody EQ, Sherry KB, Marsha D, and Terry H. Reggie. Thank you, Sylvia. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Uh, yeah, thanks for your service and good morning to everybody. It's really been great hearing people share. It's been so rich this morning. It always is, you know, and it, all, and, and it certainly was this morning. You know, we've listed and analyzed our resentments and begun to, begun to comprehend their futility and fatality. You know, I, uh, I, that, that's amazing to get to, the, you know, the futility and fatality. One of my, one of my uh, uh, character defects was, um, is, to some degree still, but not nearly so much self-righteousness. And, and also, as someone said before, just justification for my anger and for my ill feelings, you know, because, uh, and they, those were, I've learned through this work that those were both protection, you know, both of those were ways that I protected myself from my feelings of, you know, insecurity and less than and not good enough and various things like that. But what, whatever they, you know, whatever those character defects are that come, you know, when we analyze our resentments, uh, it's, they are completely futile and, and they can be fatal, you know, fatal in terms of, uh, they certainly, uh, along with the compulsive eating that went along with them before I did this work, you know, and, uh, but, uh, where's it going to go with that? Um, Yeah, just that they they were futile and I didn't know it. I thought they were just the right thing to do because because other people were wrong and I was right, which was not the truth. And um, so, and then to go on with that, you know, it's like they did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We, if you have made a decision and an inventory of your growth or handicaps, you know, we made a deci- I made a decision in, in step three to uh, turn my will and my life over to the care of God. And this is where, you know, in the big book, in the steps, I learned that faith is, uh, faith without works is dead and that the next action is to immediately go, in, you know, immediately go into action and then do this inventory. And, you know, it says, if you have made a decision and, an in- and then the inventory, which we're c- closing up on here, you have made a good beginning. I, I used to get so frustrated because I thought and believed and hoped with all of my might that there would be this point that I would get to. And uh, and that would be it. I would be done. I wouldn't have to worry about any more, you know, growth, development, putting my effort into that. And I would just be there. And 
Well, I'll tell you that's that's been a, a that was ha, has been a rude and slow awakening for me. This is just the beginning, and now it's like I can look at that and say, "Boy, thank you, God, that this is just the beginning." Because I get to grow, and life gets to get better every day. As, and for me, as a compulsive eat, you know, as a recovered compulsive eater, um, that this is a path that I have to stay on to continue growing. Because when I uh, I have to stay. I have to stay on it, and uh, if I don't, and that I'm choosing to today because it's just even amazing. It really is amazing to me how I love coming into this meeting and how I feel after when I hear these truths and hear this sharing and get this this message deeper and deeper, and then you know be more engaged in the action in my life. Uh, it 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 really is pretty amazing. So um, very grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reggie O. Jody EQ, followed by Sherry KB. Jody? Good morning, everyone. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in Arizona. So we have begun to comprehend the futility and the fatality of our resentments. That says a lot right there. My resentments may be justified. Let's say I was abused as a child, which many of us were, including myself, uh, sexually or in any other way. Now, how can I, how can I uh, look, why should I look at my part in that? I didn't have a part, I was a child. Um, yes, I was a child. Yes, perhaps I was relatively innocent. Um, but I can learn to have tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men by seeing them as perhaps spiritually sick. People who abuse other people usually have been abused themselves. So if I can look beyond myself and and use that 11th step prayer, grant that I may seek to understand rather than to be understood, I can look at my uncle or my father or the neighbor next door and imagine what their childhood was like. Chances are they too were abused or they wouldn't be abusing young people. That has helped me to let go of my resentment. And and also what's helped me uh, let go of my resentments and to happily look for my part in things that seemingly I'm innocent about, is that that's where the freedom lies for me. It's not that I'm going to get into morbid reflection or beat myself up, no. But I'm going to look for my part because that, that's the only thing I can change. I'm completely powerless over anybody else's behavior. But my, I can work on my behavior, on my thoughts, on my attitudes, and that, that's all I have. Right now I'm staying in a hostel in Flagstaff, Arizona. And some hostels, are, they seem to have a really friendly, friendly culture, and others not so much. And, um, you know, it's great when people reach out to me and are friendly because I'm traveling alone. Um, but uh, And I don't like it so much when people are more withdrawn. 
So it's my, I can't control anybody else's behavior. I can only control mine. Am I going to be friendly? Am I going to reach out to strangers and greet them and ask them how they're doing and what they're doing? It's up to me. And it makes all the difference. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. Sherry KB, followed by Marcia D. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Eye Reader. Thank you so much for your service and everyone on the line. And wow, we're at the end of how it works. Um, and what I see here um, is there's, it's just a beginning. They're using beginning a lot here. We have begun to comprehend. We have commenced. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill. Um, and uh, that we've just made a, a beginning, a good beginning. And uh, we've digested a lot, swallowed and digested a lot of chunks of truth about um, myself. And what really jumped out at me is that to be able to see that the things that I've done in the past have been a terrible destructiveness to myself and probably and also to the people around me, not probably are were destructive to people around me, and that just this change in attitude and this the the promises that I've gotten by doing the step work, by doing step four, and it's just a beginning because it's a foundation for me of how I'm going to live the rest of my life. Um, I do know that whatever I didn't find out in step four, it will come up in step ten, um, and I don't have to worry about it. I just need to do, you know, the resentments. Whatever's in my head that's renting space in my head, whatever is blocking me from my higher power, that's what I need to be looking at. And it's just the beginning because it's the foundation for me of connecting uh, closer to my higher power. And um, the more I get in this book and read this, closer I get with my higher power, the more I learn about myself, the more I'm open to change that within me prepared to have it changed within me because I can't change it. That's what I've really gotten to. That's what's really opened me up is that I can't remove this stuff. But if I'm willing to look at it and write it down on paper, God will remove it for me. Uh, Wow. I mean, right here it's a promise that says God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. That Wow, what a wonderful promise that is. And we have some other promises here. Like when we read about that at once we commenced to outgrow fear. Wow, that that blows my mind on page 66. And then here, <clears throat> excuse me, is another promise is that we have commenced to see the terrible destructiveness and we have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men and our enemies. We look upon them as sick people. I mean, what a change in attitude. And, yes, I've swallowed a lot of truths about myself and I'm, um, going to be living in a totally different way and that's all that new design for living that's that personality change and transformation and I couldn't do it without my higher power and with that I pass thank you thank you Sherry KB Marsha D followed by Terry H Marsha hi this is Marsha compulsive overeater um, very grateful for this program and I am thankful to my higher power, my God, um, for my absence. I 
am doing the four steps right now um, and um, work with my sponsor on Thursday. I just wanted to speak up because um, I felt called to do so. Uh, God's been working in my life in a powerful way, and I acknowledge that. And the program is so helpful to me. And I was thinking about faith and digesting all the work, inner work, um, that comes with doing a four-step. And um, I, I hope to be of service. And I am very excited maybe uh, to be a sponsor someday and to help others. And with that, uh, I wish you well and to have a good day. Um, thank you for your service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Marsha D. Terry H. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Very grateful today. We ho- In the big book, it says, we hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever dot, 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 that have blocked me off from him. Oh, the fourth step, um, when I do my four-step inventory, the whatevers, all those things in my four-step inventory, I saw as blocked between me and my higher power. And I was able to see those. And all my goal was just to clear those blocks, to be rigorously honest, and to put down everything that came up for me at that time that needed to be removed and trust that process. Um, When I was able to see my, my inventory, you know, laid out before me in black and white, it was such a wow moment that all my life, you know, these blocks, these resentments, these fears, the, the sex, inventory harm that I did to other people were blocks and were working on me and my disease and I was so grateful um, to go through that process and get and and work on getting rid of those blocks I knew I wasn't going to be perfect I knew I had the rest of my life this was my life this is my recovery this is my life um, to continue to remove those blocks so that I can have access to my higher power to deal with life on life's terms. And, you know, I was so grateful for that opportunity. It wasn't easy. It was challenging. You know, my disease worked on me all through it. Um, But I just kept at it. I just kept having the, you know, had the willingness to keep working on it. And, um, you know, clearing those blocks, you know, has just given me such a freedom and a peace today. Um, I'm going through a challenge right now. Um, I'm at, just recently, right before I uh, started listening to this meeting, I had to do a 10-step and clear some blocks because I, some fears and some resentments came up um, in working with um, my nutritionist. And um, so, you know, I'm just so grateful that I had this program that I can work each and every day to help remove those fears and, and blocks so that I can just move on with my life and be of maximum service. My goal today is just to be close to God 
and live in recovery one day at a time. And I'm very grateful for every opportunity that I'm given to do that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Terry H. I've got time for one more share. Last paragraph on page 70 is the last two paragraphs and how it works. Who would like to close this out today? This is Kathy Jo P. Kathy Jo. Kathy Jo P., go ahead. Hello, Kathy Jo P., recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis, Minnesota. When I came back here um, a little over five years ago, after a 22-year relapse, one of the first things that I heard was the degree that I can be wrong, I can be free. And prior to that time, in those 22 years of my relapse, I almost prided myself on not being wrong, in you being wrong, in not being right. I mean, in me being right. And I did not ask God to help me. I did not ask God to help me be a kinder, better person. I guess I'll say I have a shirt now that I wear that says something like walk with kindness. I would not wear that before. I didn't want to walk with kindness. I didn't want to walk with service. I did not want to walk with gentleness. I wanted to be right. And everyone else around me was wrong. And I am going to say that it is so true that the more that I can be wrong, the more that I can be free. And as I continually, each day, not just in the fourth and fifth step, but each day, to clean up and look at my wrongs and bring them to God and my fears, the more I am free. And I also, and I don't know why I think this is related, but I feel like it is, but I was not someone that was gracious and thank you and all those kinds of words did not come out of my mouth as I went in my day. And now it's becoming a part of me, which is another part of the miracle whether it's a waitress that gives me a glass of water or a stranger on the street and smiling at them. It's just a whole different way of showing up as I work these steps and as I ask God to help me and as I look each day at my wrongs. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Jo. Kathy Jo P. Thank you to everyone who shared and thank you for Team Wednesday for all your service. We will now close from the, with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And please stick around for after the recordings it's while we greet newcomers. Um, will Sherry KB please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sherry KB here again. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.